Welcome to Season 4 of Pick the Plot. I'm your host, Rebecca McKinnon. This season, we step into a fairy tale. What secrets hide in the woods? Which paths will we take? Who will we trust? It's up to you, because on this podcast, the listeners get to pick the plot. At the end of our last episode, Crimson had to decide if she should put on the crown or give it to the wolf. Your votes have her wearing the crown. Episode 5. The Wolf Crown Crimson's hands shook as she raised the crown higher. It mesmerized her. The voice pulsed through her again. This time there was an edge to it. Put it on! The large wolf before her made a quiet noise. Not a growl, just a sound to draw attention. Crimson met his intent gaze. He dipped his chin in a familiar motion. Without another thought, Crimson set the heavy crown on her head. The feelings the wolf had been holding at bay were let loose, rioting around her like wind before a storm. Pleasure. Gratitude. Relief. A tingling warmth swept through Crimson. The weight of the crown lessened until she couldn't be sure it was there. The pack leader stretched one front paw out before him while bending the other one into his chest as he lowered his head in a formal bow. My queen! The rest of the pack followed suit. Crimson stared at the dozens of wolves bowing to her. Perhaps she was dreaming after all. As one, they rose to their feet and stood at attention. My queen. The rumbling voice in her head came from the pack leader. A voice she recognized. It was you who told me to put on the crown. Of course. I'm no queen. She couldn't look any more like a queen than she felt. Her clothes were dusty, and her cheeks stung where she'd scraped it as she'd pushed through the opening to the collapsed treasury. His amusement crept up her spine. Yet you wear the wolf crown. Crimson reached up to remove the strange crown. Her fingers brushed against the metal, and something inside her rebelled against the action. She wanted the crown. She dropped her hand to her side. Why me? You were always our queen, even when you had yet to realize it. Having half the conversation in her head was strange. Uncomfortable almost, pinching as if she needed one of Widow Hazel's tinctures. Who are you? The pack calls me Hunter. A wolf would make a better queen, Hunter. The wolf hesitated, and Crimson could feel his uncertainty. A true wolf has never ruled this city, nor the wolves who once lived here. The broken buildings and crumbling walls showed many years of neglect. How long did it take for a city to fall as this one had? Has the knowledge of your line died? Hunter stepped close and his sorrow swamped Crimson. When your ancestors ruled this place, it thrived. Our pack was strong. Joined together with your people, no foe dared come against us. Stories of Crimson's childhood rose. Memories buried under the loss of her parents. Buried under the ridicule of her neighbors. Buried under a thousand mundane memories. They were memories of unbelievable stories. As a child, the tales had been real. As childhood tales so often are. My grandfather said the wolves wouldn't hurt me. His chin lowered in another nod. Not even should we wish to. But the tales had held more than an assurance of safety. The time-worn ruins took on new meaning as Crimson looked at them more closely. 
The walls around where she stood had once been a palace. Not just a place for the rulers to live, but a place for the community to gather. A place to share talents and entertainment and care for each other. Outside the walls, the garden had been a place of healing. The neglected roses that bloomed had been a symbol of hope for those who suffered in any way. What happened here? Crimson hadn't expected an answer when she'd asked the question when they'd reached the city, but now she needed to know. Betrayal. Whose betrayal? And how were they betrayed? What does it have to do with me? With you? You have many questions. Hunter sat back on his haunches. You'll get answers, but for now, sit. Rest while you can. You must return soon. Crimson sat on a large stone, running her fingers over the edges that had smoothed with time. Hunter waited for her to settle, then began his story. Many years ago, perhaps hundreds of years, there was a young orphan. For the first years of her life, she was cared for by the town where her parents had lived. Those in the town named the girl Ruby, for her hair was the color of those rare gems so sought after. The growing season came and rain was scarce. Few crops grew, and the following cold season showed the true colors of men. Those in the town resented giving their food to Ruby. Why should they have to share the food they'd labored for when their own children starved? In the dark of night, while the girl slept, Ruby was carried into the woods and left under the bare branches of a weak tree. The men stomped through the area, spreading footprints through the snow in every direction. They left the woods, congratulating one another. They were rid of the extra mouth to feed, and Ruby still lived. The child alone in the woods in the middle of winter stood no chance at all, and Crimson said as much to the wolf. Yet she lived when they left her. She wouldn't die by their hands, only by cold and hunger, or perhaps a wild animal. There was a pack of wolves in these woods even then. This very pack, though the generations have changed. The pack leader resented humans. They only thought of themselves and hunted the pack when the wolves had done them no harm. When Ash found Ruby under the tree, tears frozen on her face and her skin turning blue with cold, he learned humans could be selfish even among themselves. Crimson nodded. She'd had the love of her grandfather, and friendship from Sawyer and Meg and Widow Hazel, yet she'd seen cruelty from other villagers. She'd felt alone and uncared for. In the pack, cubs are protected above all else. To see a human cub abandoned by her people angered the wolf. He took Ruby to a cave where the pack had gathered and asked them what he should do, and in the end, the pack cared for the girl as one of their own. And there was magic. Perhaps it came from the act of kindness. It might have been the magic of the woods. Or perhaps the magic came from Ruby herself. Wherever the magic came from, it changed the wolves. They were able to speak to the human girl as they spoke to minds of other wolves, as I'm speaking to you now. Awe and respect filled Hunter's words. Not for his pack, but for the magic that allowed something unheard of. Crimson sat forward, curious. Can your entire pack speak with humans now? Hunter ignored the question. As she grew, Ruby realized if she wanted cubs of her own, she would need to learn to be human again. She befriended a young man who lived by the woods and they fell in love. Together with the wolves, the couple created this city. It was small at first, but rumors spread of a place where humans and animals could live together, away from anger and hatred, and most of all, hunger. 
the woods provided them with enough food for their needs. Slowly, alone or in small groups, artists and craftsmen arrived. Soon others followed, looking for the paintings and carvings and other things that were being to only be found in our woodland city. Many of the visitors stayed, happy for a life where so many of their burdens were lifted. The woods around the city protected everything within by keeping those things and people who were a danger from finding their way. And then one day, Ruby grew old. She'd led the city for so many years. Weary, she slipped into her eternal slumber. The city mourned almost as much as the wolves, sure that without Ruby's magic, it would fade into nothing. Hunter's eyes were on crimson, but his gaze was far away, seeing this other time, perhaps. Crimson shifted. So the city died with Ruby. No. Hunter's breath came out in a rush. Ruby's daughter agreed to rule in her mother's place. But the daughter wanted not peace, but power. The woods had protected the city from many outside attacks, but it couldn't stop the destruction from within. Unwilling to do nothing, the city tore itself apart with what magic was left. Some who were inside the city ran. Others tried to save it. In the end, Ruby's daughter and the wolves were the only ones left. The woods pulled them out of the city, banishing the woman who, so intent on power, had lost all that she had. She left the woods, never again to rest under the canopy of a tree. But magic haunted the woods still, and the wolves knew that one day Ruby's true heir would rise. And one day, the forest was washed in light, the color of Ruby's hair. The magic celebrated, for the only woman with the right to rule the woods had been born. I'm called Hunter for a reason, Crimson. It was given to me to find you and bring you here, to tell you this story. For, while generations have passed, Ruby was the mother of your heart. Crimson couldn't deny the wolf's story rang true. It wasn't that she recognized the way Ruby's village had treated her, though she did. It wasn't that she'd felt the magic of the woods protecting her from the time she was a child, though she had. It was a feeling, a recognition deep in her bones that couldn't be denied. Despite that recognition, Crimson refused to consider what this newfound truth meant for her. When she'd swallowed Widow Hazel's potion that promised to open her heart, she'd known it was meant to help her become what she was meant to be. She'd thought perhaps it would ease her interactions with the villagers, allowing her to become part of the community or set her on a path to finding those who wanted, and could afford, her red dye. Never, in all her dreams, would she have suspected she'd find a pack of wolves, who would tell her of a time long before she was born, or a pack leader who expected her to wear a crown. She pushed the thoughts aside to deal with later. It must be nearly morning. I should get home. Hunter gazed at her, then rose to his feet. The woods will return you just after sunrise. Crimson stifled a yawn. It had been years since she'd slept during the day. But after this night, she looked forward to the privacy of her cottage and a long rest. The trip back through the woods was less winding and quickly spilled them onto familiar ground. Crimson buried her fingers in Hunter's ruff as they walked. I don't know what you want from me. 
when the time is right. You'll know what to do. That was no answer at all. Hunter's ears pricked forward, and a low growl sent ripples up Crimson's arm. There's another human nearby. Crimson pushed past the guard wolves and looked through the trees. Stopped in the road, stopped before her cottage, was a cart. The back was filled to overflowing with cords of wood. She looked back at the wolves. If Sawyer saw the pack of wolves and how large they were, would he go to the villagers? The men already hoped to hunt the pack to extinction. She couldn't allow that to happen, yet she hated to part with her new friends. Should Crimson hide the wolves, or should she allow them to be seen? It's up to you. You can cast your vote at rebeccamckinnon.com slash pickthepot. Voting will be open for one week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I look forward to seeing where our story goes from here. Thanks for listening. <laughs>